It's Kitchen Table Spirituality and Evening Devotional with the lovely, the illustrious, the flowing locks, Charlie Eastman. <laughs> you, you had me until flowing locks. Well, if you go to if you go to the Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Massachusetts, uh, make sure they're having worship there. But you might see Charlie there because he's the pastor of that church. Indeed, I am, and we are having worship there. But you got to sign up on Eventbrite before. Nice. To make sure we have space because you know the the pandemic. Anyway, I am blessed to be here with the uh, slightly more bushy bearded than last week, mm-hmm. uh, effervescent, charismatic pastor of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, ladies and gentlemen, Reverend Jonathan Diamond Malone. Here I am. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's winter's coming. Uh, and Indeed please, it is. It's, uh, it's not supposed winter to be Winter is coming. Ah, uh, you did it. <laughs> I, did. Yeah, I was trying. To, and so I am growing my winter beard. Oh, yeah. Because I still, I still like to get outside, and it does help. And apparently it doesn't affect your domestic life. Not as far as I know. I I mean, my wife does get a little upset with the mice that I allow to dwell in the beard. Ah, uh, yes, you've got the Radagast beard. Yeah, yeah. My my wife does not uh, cotton to the beard. She does not... Uh, well, I think there's two things. Number mm. one, uh, she doesn't like the way it feels um, when I give her a kiss. And number two, mm. um, the uh, now my beard is full Santa. I oh. don't even have the multicolor anymore. It's just <laughs> white. Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for joining us on this podcast of pastors talk about their spouses. And, and their facial hair. And their facial hair. Because I know be people, are, people are wondering. People are they're, wondering. They're desperate for this. Co- this is the content that they may not have known they wanted, but they certainly needed it. Yeah. Speaking of content, what's going on mm-hmm. at your church at Pilgrim oh Congregational in Southboro, Massachusetts? What is not going on? It's mm. been so busy. Actually, I'm going to take it a step back and just tell you what's going on with me, because mm. I am currently in a workshop called Tending the Fire with Barbara Lemmel, and it is fantastic. doesn't matter what denomination you hail from, clergy, uh, this, this Tending the Fire workshop is a possibility for you. Mm. And it is basically a refresher or a primer, if you didn't dig into it sufficiently in the past, of Bowen family systems theory through mm-hmm. the Friedman lens, Mm-hmm. Um, with case studies and genograms and just really digging deep for how to be a more capable leader in anxious times. Um, I was going to wait to take the workshop until I could do it in person because it's three three-day sessions, and I was wow. really looking forward to spending that time with some colleagues from different denominations. But it just felt like, yeah. given what we're in right now, the timing was perfect. Nice. So I got to construct construct a massive genogram on this huge piece of paper, my family that I get to go over today and talk about relationships and how it all fits together, how the circle of my family interacts mm-hmm. with the circle of the church and other issues that we deal with. It's it's just, I love it. That's so great. Grateful to the group and to Barbara for leading it so capably. Um, on the church front, we are gearing up for our Consecration Sunday. This is right. the culmination of our stewardship program. We've had witnessing stewards for the last four Sundays who have told us about why Pilgrim Church is still so compelling uh, of a charitable exercise for them. Mm. And uh, we're going to be receiving pledge cards with Drive Up Pledging on November 22nd. So look forward to seeing everybody that day. Excellent. And uh, then looking ahead, we are gearing up for backpack, not backpack, whoops, that was the summer. Yeah. We're gearing up for our Christmas Angels program Ah. of uh, donations for 
for helping folks have a Christmas. Wow, so that's, that's, that's a lot I of stuff need to describe right now. Yeah, do you ever? How's things going? At, go ahead. I was going to say, does your church ever go on vacation? <laughs> yeah, sure. Every church goes on vacation. <laughs> do they? Because yeah. <laughs> to some degrees. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There, hey, the closer you get to Boston, there are churches that actually go on vacation. Right. They they shudder for, for, for the summer parts of the summer or the yeah. whole summer. Very yeah. interesting modality. Anyway, it is. what's going on at East Greenwich? Clearly oh my not gosh. vacation time for you guys. No, oh no, no. We have no time for rest or relaxation. We are doing the Lord's mm. work. Mm. And mm. if we're not slightly anxious and stressed out about it, then we're not doing it right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I almost made Charlie spit out his tea or coffee or whatever it is, whatever beverage it is. That it was Charlie's a delicious drinking. coffee beverage, but disaster averted. Oh, good. Phew. <laughs> Sorry. I'll try harder next time. Um, some things coming up. Uh, this Saturday, so we, we sponsor a Cub Scout pack, and uh, we're happy to do that. And this yeah, we Saturday... We have a Boy Scout troop. I'm sorry? We have a Boy Scout troop. Oh, you have a Boy Scout. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, one is a feeder for the other. That's right. Uh, so just so folks know, we're, we're trying to get the word out this Saturday. They're doing a food drive. Just They're collecting food at the church from... I think nine to one. So if you could drop that off, they would really love that. Uh, Also, um, this week, we are going to be, for those for our veterans, and uh, we're going to be delivering carnations to you. So stay home on Saturday. And we have folks going around delivering carnations to our veterans. And then Sunday during our fellowship cafe, uh, we're going to be asking them to show up with their carnations so we can um, celebrate who they are. Uh, go, yeah, and then we're doing a coat drive this month. So gently used uh, children and youth winter coats. We're collecting those. We'll be collecting them on the 29th after church from about 1030 to 1230. And those will go to Camp Street Ministries. And, and keep the 29th in mind because we're also going to have our virtual hanging of the greens that day. More information about that will be forthcoming. I think that's it. That's enough, right, Charlie? That's Feels enough. Feels like enough to me. Yeah, I, I, I think that's enough. I, I appreciate your connecting with the veterans. Did they get to tell stories, or is it, is it an opportunity for them to speak? Or um, I, Normally, what we, uh, what we do with the church is on Veteran Sunday, we invite them up to the front, and we just say thank you to them. Um, so It's it, difficult, that, isn't it? Because some, some folks just don't yeah. want to talk about that time at all. Like It seems right. like... Seems like being as someone who's not a veteran, it mm-hmm. seems like to be a veteran, to have done the thing is better than the actual doing of it. Based on how people, I mean, not that you know you hear about the band of brothers and how people connect and how special right. those relationships are, but often the things that you have to do in the service are things that you don't. There's a lot of stories folks don't want to tell. Yeah. So it's hard to to kind of. All right, stand up and say a few words. And yeah, obviously, a lot of folks who who are still celebrated as veterans are more doers than talkers. So that's uh, yeah, and we want to give them that space. Um, I know our our folks from, and we'll get into this maybe a little bit. Our our folks from Vietnam, from the Vietnam era. Um, every time we do it, they they display more gratitude than others because of the reaction they receive when they returned from Vietnam uh-huh. at the time. Uh, and they, you know, and usually they say, oh, just, we never got this kind of response, you know, mm-hmm. what, you know, so for them, it really does mean a lot. Um, our, our older folks, we only have a couple that are still from World War II. We have maybe two or three. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. 
you know, but Korean, it was, it was different. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's what we do. Since we can't do that, we can't wait for them to come to church and give them carnations. We're going to go around on Saturday and, and just stop by and say, hey, we're thinking of you today. Nice. Yeah. I love it. So some good stuff happened in both churches. Indeed. So we got a holiday approaching and we're on a holiday today. Yeah, today when we're recording this and hopefully posting it, um, it is actually mm-hmm. Veterans Day. It is. 11 11. Mm hmm. Which that has historic significance that date, doesn't it, Charlie? Indeed, it does. What is it? It, is, wh- it, it was not Veterans Day at its beginning, of course. It was Armistice Day, which was the end of the war to end all wars. Mm, and, didn't, uh, that didn't work. In the United States, we've lost a connection to Armistice Day Mm -hmm. uh, and replaced it with Veterans Day um, for the most part. In in the Europe, where the war was was felt on their soil, um, there's still more of a connection to Armistice Day. Um, But I'm thinking more today about the Christian responses to holidays, and Mm. and I got on this this whole idea because... Um, I was thinking about Thanksgiving. Oh, that's coming up. Indeed it is. Oh, boy, I've got to go find a turkey to kill. You might. See, Thanksgiving this year isn't going to be for many people what it was in years past, depending on how red your zone is. Um, But but certainly there has always been this back and forth about how uh, Christians, for me, interact Mm -hmm. with holidays. Yeah. And um, Thanksgiving is one of those borderline ones because it's not... Uh, an explicitly biblical tied celebration, and right. yet there's this grand assumption that everyone who celebrated Thanksgiving from the colonist side mm-hmm. were all Christian, right. whether they identified that way or not. They get put under that umbrella, and and so that that event was seen as the Christians and the natives came together around the same table and celebrated this wonderful meal of harmony and peace and and love. And since harmony, peace, and love are considered Christian values... Yeah, those were ours first. Yeah, we got them first. um, (laughs) They are are celebrated uh, on that day. But it got me to thinking about how we retcon or reverse Mm. engineer Christian principles into events that that really weren't necessarily Christian events and how that's affected holidays and how people see them. Yeah. For instance, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I really appreciate you using the word retcon. Well, uh, or the phrase. One to have. It is, it's great. Um, yeah, one of the ones I struggle with, um, or actually there's two, Mother's Day and Father's Day. Aha. Uh-huh. Because they, obviously, honor thy mother and thy father, or it's right in the Ten Commandments. So right. obviously those were a Christian beginning, right? Of course, of course, obviously. But, but no, no, but they weren't. I mean, again, could have been started by Christian in, individuals yeah. in, in the sense that they were, but they were about very different things. I know Mother's Day was certainly on International Women's Day was the impetus for that, right? I don't People know. People think it's a hallmark holiday, but in fact, it was about women's suffrage and, and rights and things originally, Right. but then that got engineered into Mother's Day. Uh, Father's Day, I don't know the genesis of. Do you? I No, I don't. Okay, great. This, Maybe is, this is why you come to Kitchen Table Spirituality for this hard-hitting <laughs> level of research that we provide. On the other hand, it is 2020, and we can say to you, the listener, yeah. Google it. I Well, you know what happened is I sent my intern out for coffee, because oh. uh, usually... 
um, my intern Philip is like looking oh, this Phillip stuff now. up. It's, it's Philip. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Philip, I said Philip, fill up that mug. As, as one it, does, as every morning, and Philip every morning never says, gets tired of hearing. Never, that. he just says, no. "Please don't talk to me." Just <laughs> please don't. So, um, yeah, there are. No, do you have other Christian or not Christian, but secular holidays that you feel have kind of morphed into this Christian ideology well, as well? You know, there's always Christmas. Oh yeah. Boy, you you just like <laughs> riling people up, Charlie. Sorry, that was the mirror within the mirror within the mirror. No, but for for many, uh, yeah. Christmas by by the fact that Christmas music is resplendent right now in every store you go into, um, we we know that this is a fully secularized holiday now. Christmas yeah. is of course a little different. Christmas and Easter have have right. very obvious Christian context and meaning, but they're they're kind of. <laughs> There's almost like a Christ, Christians for many years in the recent era have been trying to uh, reclaim the holidays uh, using right. funny phrases that make it sound like someone wants to cancel their holiday when in fact no one was interested in that to begin with, but it was just a reason yeah. to yell and get people's attention. Um, right. Let's see, what other holidays happen? Well, you know, a lot of these civic and martial holidays are opportunities where uh, pastors are invited to do something or to mm-hmm. pray in some way uh, at the particular celebrations. We had a tradition on memorial. We have a tradition on Memorial Day in Franklin, where we go to each of the each of the various cemeteries in town and lay wreaths and pray for those who served and for the conflicts and and all that stuff. So Christianity has certainly been engaged in a mm-hmm. lot of civic holidays. Um, but I, I just wonder about where the urgency is or, or why Christians feel the need to, to kind of Christianize these holidays, or if it's even possible. Hmm. I I, I'm, well, there is some history behind it, and it, it, I think every religion does this to a degree. Christianity has been quite um, deft at it, a synchronization of culture and, and faith. That's true. Uh, and, and that was, yeah, from the very beginning, I mean, part of the struggle between Peter and Paul was what do we do with these pagan Gentiles yeah. who want to follow Jesus when this is clearly a Jewish following? So and true. their adaptation came if in. And, and I think we lines. see that. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. If you read between the lines at a number of Paul's letters, you hear him um kind of litigating this discussion in in scripture mm-hmm. about how how he's he's you know one of the I'm I'm a teacher of credential and I deserve to have this viewpoint um but there's there was a lot of pushback a lot of pushback to the yeah. idea that this would become a non-Jewish experience which sounds funny to us today perhaps Right. Uh, my my joke I used to make about you know what if Jesus came back and saw us all worshiping and and uh, how how wonderful it would be and I I said my my response would always be why aren't you a temple um, why why what, right. what even is this <laughs> yeah <laughs> because this was not the program in Jesus' lifetime right uh, as we understand right. it so I you know Christmas and Easter are both adapted to connect with pagan holidays. I, I don't think this is new and revelatory. Um, I, I, I don't think it's a, a revelatory news for folks. Most people know right. that. Um, and it was in part for survival. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also in part to say, see, we're not so different from everyone else. We just have a, a spin on it, our own kind of spin on it. And if you go to other other cultures, you find this, you know, Catholicism in Mexico has a very different feel from it, from what it feels like in, in Germany uh, because of synchronization with the culture. So yeah. being, you know, keyed in with a lot of the holiday celebrations of the culture. And I think we've done that here in the United States. It's a little bit different because the predominance of Christianity as American culture has emerged uh, has blurred those lines. Very uh, much so. Yeah, the, the assumption of a Christian nation, um, which it, it gets more and more caricatured as the years go on, it seems. Mm. And I guess that's that's one of the challenges of this, too, like how, how Christians assert themselves in the public square, how they identify what what we have that is uniquely ours and how we share that without stomping all over everybody else's party. I mean, it's obvious with Christmas and Easter that there's a real religious component, but it, to me it feels more ignored. The, the louder people rail about it, the, the more ignored it feels, because mm. if it becomes a point of contention, then those that are not part of that contention can just say, oh, okay, go ahead, go off and rail about it. Do whatever you got to do. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going to be with my 15 family members enjoying food and watching the game. And who cares what you think? Do you feel like we've lost something? As uh, you know, Christianity in America has lost something with its um, close ties with many of these secular holidays. Well, it's it's hard for me because I'm such a big fan of those tenets of separation of church and state that say freedom for and freedom from religion. Right. So it's it's really difficult for me to argue this even among the two of us. I I, I don't. Uh, I guess the thing that. <laughs> Part of the reason I want to talk about this today is it bothers me when we Christianize holidays that were never a, a Christian exclusive experience. Hmm. I, I think this is something that our Jewish brothers and sisters are much better at. They're better at celebrating their holidays their way unapologetically mm-hmm. in, in their own spaces for their yeah. own reasons. Whereas I feel like Christians are constantly trying to say, no, 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 we're part of everything. We're, we're a part of this experience. And that's not necessarily appropriate. Um, yeah. But I struggle with it too, because I constantly want people to bring their faith to everything. So I, I don't know where the balance is. I don't know, where, I don't know if people struggle with this or not. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Charlie, this, this is the first year in a while um, that I'm not doing one of the uh, prayers at, our, at the town Veterans Day parade. Oh, and I've is been, that because of COVID or is there it, another reason? That's because of COVID. Um, they're still doing a parade, but they can't do the closing ceremonies and that kind that of thing. That brings everybody together. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll, when I was first asked, I did wrestle with, how do I offer a prayer in a way that is authentic to who I am? Mm-hmm but leave space for uh, people of of other faiths and space for people of no faith Mm -hmm. and honors the moment. Um, And would it be appropriate for me to even say yes to that? Am Mm -hmm. I selling out? Uh, I ended up deciding that part of what we do is try to point out where the divine can be found in the secular. I think Mm -hmm. that's part of the witness of, of, of most religious traditions, especially of Christianity. Uh, you know, to say God can be found in these moments. Sure. Uh, and and when we're, you know, if, if Veterans Day is about, you know, celebrating, you know, the people who have, have 
you know, been in harm's way, people who have gone in, you know, the, the, the tropes are, you know, defended our freedom and, and stuff like that, which I think there's truth to that. Um, you know, where is the divine to be found in that? Uh, you know, and I think that's part of where I where I usually land is. So I, I don't say I pray this in Jesus name. I don't say, holy God, I say, let us be aware of the wounds that people still carry. Mm-hmm. of the trauma that is very real and how that is a part of the sacrifices made so that we can gather and celebrate or something like that. Yeah. So calling so is people... That a, so it's yeah. a non-deist prayer. You know, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a meditation, I guess? I guess, yeah. I mean, for those who are more overtly, um, yeah, theistic, it may feel a little more watered down, but I think sure. I, I try to leave space for you to find God in that. Right. Um, but for and, those and who what's are not, your aim? What's your aim at that moment? You've stated very clearly you're trying to provide sacred space to people who may not acknowledge the sacred. Yeah. So at that point, if you're a card-carrying Christian, it ain't about just you. It's right. about you potentially, but everyone around you, which is a hard sell in a country where people can't even learn to wear masks to protect each other. I like that phrase, though. It, it's not about just you. Yeah. The just is vital in that. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> because it, it can be about you if you feel it is, but... Right. Well, there was yeah. a time when even when Protestants felt like, you know, we did a Thanksgiving service every year. Well, I didn't, but there was a time when the Protestant churches would get together and have a worship service on Thanksgiving because that's mm-hmm. what we do. And that yeah. and and now it doesn't happen. And I hear some lamenting and it's a Thanksgiving isn't about just our church. Right. Now, what about, what about these things that we try to, like, import into church? What about Scout Sunday or oh, yeah. Veteran Sunday or Patriots Sunday? Yeah, or, or Mother's know, Day. Or Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, what about that stuff? What about when, when secular culture creeps into the church, and should we have a witness to that? I mean, we're, we're kind of getting to the, the where where is the... Mm. And I ultimately, for me, the answer is simple. It's congregational. It's, yeah. it's about your church's expression of those things. You know, there are, yeah. there are churches... Here, let me grab a hot button and then walk away from it. Okay. There are churches that have a, a Amer- the flag of the United States in their church, right. inside the sanctuary. And then there are other churches that would never have a flag of the United States in their sanctuary, um, and, and both with very good reasons and justification... Um, but but then people outraged on either side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Divide, you're not gonna so. you're not gonna win. Yeah, I think you're right. It's congregational, and and we yeah. hope that the pastor has, uh, the pastor has the wherewithal to read the congregation and to be able to speak to where that congregation is. Yeah. Uh, I you know that I I am not the most patriotic. I'm not as expressive in my patriotism. I I, mm. I'm, I feel very grateful to be American. There's a lot about it that I'm proud of and I love, and there's a lot that I'm not. Uh, but mm. I'm not expressive about it. We don't hang flags in our outside our house or anything like that. Mm. The church where I'm serving right now, um, come Fourth of July, Memorial's Day, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, those are important for them. Yeah, and, um, for the people in that congregation, and so I sure. I get that and I I respect that. Um, but I need to make sure I speak to it in a way that I'm still authentic to who I am, mm-hmm. you know, but, yeah. 
you know, so that's, you know, but I imagine that there's other pastors who may go to a church that be like, eh, 4th of July is just another day. And they say, no, this is the day when we celebrate how God is a part of this nation. And heaven help you if you don't understand that congregation's connection to those holidays. You have got to suss that out yeah. ASAP. It's it's difficult. I, I was at a church at one time where the flag was historically displayed from uh, Memorial Day through Labor Day. It was just oh, okay. a thing. It, it encapsulated... No, I'm sorry. From Memorial Day through Veterans Day. And then they would take the flag down, and oh. they still had the Christian flag in the sanctuary. But mm-hmm. someone took the flag down early. <laughs> they, they just took it down. Like, I don't know if they, they thought they were going to clean it, or, or if they just thought, oh, it's been up a while, let's take it down, or, or what? Or if they had some philosophical objection to it, but oh my goodness, oh yeah, the kerfuffle that followed that was oh, one what, for the ages. Yeah. What are what are the Christian holidays that you particularly enjoy? Oh, the Christian holidays that I enjoy. Well, it's I, I think, I, ironically, it's um. Gosh, I love them all, Jonathan. I I love Ash Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, oh, there I, we go. I love I love. Holy Saturday. I love the mm-hmm. ones that kind of fall, or, shro- you know, Shrove Tuesday, which isn't technically... I mean, there right. There's so many little... Literally like uh, Ascension Sunday, that's a fun... It's a good one, but I don't always pay enough attention See, that's, we, to I it. think there's a lot that we miss. Ascension Transfiguration Sunday is, Sunday is yeah. a great one. Um, Trinity Sunday. Trinity Sunday is a very and, important... And do you know the, the Sunday before Thanksgiving is a, uh, in the Christian calendar is Christ the King Sunday? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't done enough with that one, but maybe. Well, Charlie, how could you be so critical about churches adopting secular holidays when you don't even follow the Christian ones? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. When I do, I I do it for a reason. And when I don't, I don't because I perceive uh, there's something else that I need to focus on that day for the congregation. Folks, I was was teasing. I want that to be clear. I was just teasing Charlie. Thank you. I, I thought that was pretty evident, but the fact that you've pointed it out now make, means maybe it wasn't. Um, <laughs> you you got to, as a, as a preacher or pastor, you have to read the room enough to know if, if a particular holiday has weight right. in the calendar. There are some, some ministers of the word and sacrament who feel, or ordinance, who feel they need to just hit those holidays because they are connectors to the wider Christian tradition, and that makes them vital in and of themselves. I don't happen to feel that way. So. I, yeah, I, I've not ever done the uh, day when we recognize the Immaculate Conception. Oh, yes, yes. Annunciation Sunday? Is that what that is? Or is that something else? Annunciation is, yeah, that's different. Oh, yeah, sorry. that's just when it's announced to Mary that she's with child. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Immaculate the, Conception the is when Mary was conceived. Oh, right. Yeah. I always forget the unblemished. And I read Born of a Woman by Jack Spong. I should have remembered that. Yeah, but I don't follow it because I also don't buy into that doctrine. But Right, nor do I. Yeah. But for those for whom it matters, it obviously matters a great deal since we still live with it. Yeah, good, good on them. Good on them, huh? the <laughs> ultimate patronizing. So I... <laughs> the blessing of the patron saint of patronism. If we cannot patronize, what can we do? Oh, perfect. All right, well, I'm not sure we uh, we closed any loops here, but I'm glad we had the discussion anyway yeah. as we approach these holidays. I guess my point for all of this is just uh, consider the holiday you're in and what its mm-hmm. relevance is to your faith. And if you want to have that conversation with your pastor, obviously we're up for it. Yeah. Um, I love talking through this stuff, even though I don't always come yeah. to a final firm conclusion. 
I think that question that you bring up a lot, Charlie, uh, when it comes to uh, spirituality, is where is God in this? Sure. I think that's yeah. a great question to ask for Thanksgiving yeah. as, a coming, as, it, as it's coming up. Where is God in this? And from a Christian perspective, there, there's always an answer. Mm-hmm. There doesn't have to be the answer. There's always an answer to that. But it's also okay. Uh, sometimes when you ask that question, you have to be ready for the answer of, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know where God is. <laughs> yeah, right. When you're when you're at your house and you're trying to make the turkey as your parents always made it, but you can't go to their house this year and it's just not working out in the right way and your yeah, children no. are yelling and you can't get the right kind of football games on or whatever. And then you say, where's God in this? And the answer is, go outside, have a smoke. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> or don't, Would do whatever you end up doing and just breathe for a while and God will say, okay, yeah. okay. it's it. okay. That's it. So uh, you have a prayer. Yeah, I have a prayer today. And actually, my prayer is not exactly a prayer. It's an editorial. It's an actual editorial from the Virginia Gazette News, November 11th, 1918. That was significant that day. Or I guess it was the 12th. They might have... No, I think they they produced it on the 11th. Yeah, Yeah, kind of a significant day. As As we already explained, Veterans Day is a reworking of the original holiday, Armistice Day. And as a pacifist... I'm mm-hmm. bigger on Armistice Day. Um, I, I certainly appreciate Memorial Day and Veterans Day as we express them in the United States. But I still believe the best way that we care for the troops is by not sending them mm-hmm. in harm's way whenever mm-hmm. we can avoid it. Yeah. So the idea of an armistice to me is far preferable to another conflict. Um, but that's yeah. why I wanted to share. I'll frame it as a prayer, but I'll I'll note when I'm speaking from the Virginia Gazette news editorial. Excellent. Well, all right. So I'll pray, then you pray, and then I'll, yep. I'll read this. Holy God, thank you for this opportunity to gather with Jonathan again and to reflect on how our faith um, comes into the public square and and where it's relevant and where it might not be. Our faith is always relevant to us, God, Um, but help us to be aware of our assumptions, of what we really think is right about these holidays in a Christian perspective, but also to note where some things are just outside of our experience, and we can let those go, knowing that we're busy in the rest of our faith lives and constantly seeking you. God, may our celebrations be rooted in the joy we find with you. May our moments of remembrance be rooted in the presence of you with our grief and our loss. May our holidays of hope be looking always to the horizon where you dwell. May we constantly be looking for you in the presence of our lives, secular, sacred, and all in between. And now from the Virginia Gazette News, November 11th. Peace has dawned at last. And a war mad world has furled the blood red banners that streamed along far flung lines and lost themselves in the cannon's smoke. It came with a suddenness that made the most optimistic gasp with the surprise of it. Even now, one cannot realize that over yonder men are not dying and pouring out to war a crimson tide. A few short days ago, we were reading of the turmoil of war, while today, We are planning for the glories and the serenity of peace. I'll add, God, thank you for these words and bless us in peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. (laughs) That's good. It was too good. Holy cow. Wow. Well, folks, uh, 
you know, enjoy the day and, and be aware of God's presence. And continue to wear your masks. Take care of each other. Please. Yes. <laughs> take care. Hi. Kitchen Table Spirituality is a podcast of the 12 Enough Network. If you'd like to send a comment about this episode or any other episode, you can send those to 12enough at gmail.com. That is completely and totally written out, 12enough at gmail.com. And you can find show notes for this episode and previous episodes and other things that happen with the 12 Enough Network at 12enough.com. Thank you for listening. made something out of my nothing. Thank you.